This week's guest is Dennis Hernandez, who joins us for an in-person interview. Originally born in Woodstock, Ontario, Dennis is of El Salvadorian background where cooking, eating, and sharing food plays a prominent role in life. Dennis is a celebrated chef and entrepreneur who currently runs his own food and catering business named H86, which is based out of Argyle Arms in Cambridge, Ontario. We had a terrific conversation with Dennis as we talked about his start in the culinary world, Dennis's dedication to using local, fresh, and sustainable products, thoughts and trends on the current culinary scene, plus a host of other topics. We had a terrific time hosting Dennis and talking with him, and make sure you check out his business on Instagram at h86.co or check the links in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, just enjoying the last couple of weeks of the summer, having a good time. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah, same, same. Can't wait for it to be over. Oh, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> summer sucks in the bar industry in southwestern Ontario. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... I'm looking forward to the fall. But we finally got out of town for a couple of days, so that was good. All right, yeah. nice. Where'd Did you go? Touring around in Chicago, so nice. Saw some of uh, some of talked to some of the people that we've had on the show, actually. So it was good. Oh, cool. And maybe some future guests as well. Perfect. Uh, yeah, but Chicago is still awesome for bars and restaurants. In case anyone's in that neighborhood, I strongly recommend going to Koval Distillery. The bartender there is unbelievable. Oh, and how do you spell that? Koval, K-O-V-A-L. So they make. An amazing whiskey, but now they're doing gin and vodka as well. Bartender's name now, I'm just going to get it right here. He made one of the best cocktails I've ever had. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. His name is JP. JP from Koval Distillery. So you want to check that out if you're in the Chicago area. If you're in the Kitchener Waterloo area, Cambridge, Preston, then uh, check out uh, Sugar Run, downtown Kitchener. That's the speakeasy. Burlesque coming up at the last. Friday of every month, so by the time you listen to this, I think it might be this coming Friday, or maybe the following Friday. I, I get this mixed up when we're doing it, but... Yeah, this will be out uh, 21st. Yeah, so it'll be the next Friday, I believe, but anyway, if you want to check that out, Burlesque. We also have DJ Dirk Diggler every Sunday night, stand-up, live stand-up with Olivia Stadler every Wednesday night. So lots going on there. Babylon Sisters is the bar, Uptown Waterloo. That's at Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. DJ Payne every Friday night. DJ Nana, the last Saturday of every month. And also, uh, starting in a couple weeks, we will have, well, a week probably, when you're listening to this, we will have DJ Penny every Thursday night doing an awesome lounge night for us. That'll be also $20 pitchers of sangria on Thursday nights. And then, of course... Uh, the new spot, Argyle Arms in Preston, Ontario. That's at Argyle underscore arms underscore 2023 on Instagram. You want to check that place out. We, we have trivia starting shortly on Wednesday nights. We have, what do we have? We have live music Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And stay tuned for potentially a big announcement for Sundays coming up as well. Food by at H86. .co. And what? Zach Hanna. Let's talk about Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co for all of your graphic arts needs. He does an amazing job. He does the artwork for the Instagram page for the industry podcast. Anything else we need to talk about? No. Okay. That covers a lot That's of it. it. Yeah. That's it. Eh? That's enough <laughs> rambling. All right. So uh, let's bring in our guest today, the man behind H86. 
Chef Dennis Hernandez, how are you? Good. How you doing, Kip? How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, thanks, Dennis, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank yeah, you for doing Of course, it. thanks for the invite. Yeah. Nice having a live in-person interview again, so that's always good times. Yeah. I like the layout. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just what I thought. Just what I thought. Okay, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, talk to, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about your career at the beginning. Talk to me about how you got into being a chef. What, uh, what prompted it? Did you always know you wanted to be in the service industry? or? No. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Like, for me, how it all started was just... I remember I was 17 or 18. I was graduating high school. Or I was 19. And I'm like, okay, I need to move from my house what am I going to get accepted to in school and college? Mm-hmm. My grades weren't the best, but they were good enough to get into the hospitality class or the course. Yeah. So I moved to St. Catharines because I got accepted. Yeah. Right. So I was like, okay, I can move away from home. You yeah. know, one of those things. I just oh. wanted to move. And, yeah. where, and where was home at that point? I, so I grew up in Woodstock. Oh, I know. So, I worked in Woodstock for seven years. Yeah. Eight years. Nothing so, going on there. No. No. <laughs> I, I, food scene wise, I lived here the whole time. A community. Oh, okay. yeah. And food scene wise, back then there was nothing. Oh. Just chain restaurants and mm-hmm. a couple pubs. Right. That was it. Yeah. So it wasn't like anything in that area inspired me to cook. Not at all. Right. But obviously, my parents and my family, my aunts, my uncles, all them, just. Food's always been a huge part of the family. Because you are, sorry to interrupt, but you're El Salvadorian, yeah. right? Your yeah, family so, is, yeah. you know, like yeah. pupusas and soups mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. Um, so just as a kid, right, always going to my aunt's house, seeing them around the table, all prepping and everything like that. Growing up, I didn't care, right? But sure. then as I noticed, like realized now, like that was always somehow included, right? So, yeah, I remember I get accepted and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to college. I'm, I'm a yeah. big shot. <laughs> I go there. I don't know anything. I'm like the worst fucking student out of all of them. You know, like I'm seeing these guys, they're grabbing rags, they're grabbing bowls. I'm like, what are we doing? Right? Because yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, you had like zero training. Zero. Yeah. Like nothing going into this. Like you right? never worked in a restaurant, nothing. Nothing. No. I was 19 years old. I did, I worked at uh, factories. So like I have my forklift license. Well, expired now, but I did have it. Oh. I worked at, uh, I made doors for cars. Oh, really? And things like that. That's yeah, what yeah. I did. In Woodstock, it's all industrial more, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, there's nothing going on at all. Maybe today there is, right? But uh, no, just all part suppliers for the, the Toyota plant that's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lease. And that. Thomas built buses used to be out there for a long time, and they used to have a lot of suppliers for that too. So they kind of morphed over to the Toyota when they left. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there was that place. I'm not a yeah. <laughs> Can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's not that bad. Like growing up there, I won't deny it. I loved it. Growing up as a kid, you know what I mean. Just they don't know any better, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but good access to farm foods, like as I've learned that now. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't yeah. care because I always grew up here in Cambridge. So uh, okay. every weekend we were in Kitchener, Cambridge. Every gotcha. weekend we were okay. never there. Right, um, so that's why around the area I've always come back here because this is where all my family is. Like I was born in Cambridge. But then I moved there, lived there for like 17 years, and then oh, I moved I all over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So, yeah, I get into college. You don't know um, what the fuck you're doing. Don't know anything. <laughs> don't know anything. I'm so intimidated by everything. But I always bullshitted. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, what kitchen have you worked in? I remember hearing some guy talking about somewhere he worked. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just say that so I don't look. Right. Right? So all I ended up doing from there was just like when we got done class, like at home, I actually started practicing. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I remember I got my first job, ghetto-ass bar in St. Catharines called Players. Right. And I think it's still there. I think it's still there. Players. Um, nice. So, well, I had to get my foot in somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. So I go to this spot, and it is just 
just shit. <laughs> Sorry. It is free, freezer fryer. Basically, cabbage, lettuces all come cut in. You know, mushrooms are already pre-sliced. Oh, yeah. Garlic butter already made for you. Oh, yeah. All the shit that I would never do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So then I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I think that's where I fell in love with the industry. It was just the, like the environment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That dinner rush. That you know, like, and then and it's the lifestyle. Like you know, being out till three, four in the yeah. morning, doing it again the next day. Well, when you're, you're 19, 20. Great. And you're either yeah. built for it or you're not, though, and yeah. people figure it out yeah. pretty fucking quick. And, and the people who don't, people will figure it out for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll never get employed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's that's where that happened, and I remember being there, and I'm like, okay, like, you know, back then I was like, oh, man, to have the manager tell me, like, I'm doing a great job was a big thing, right? As I look at it today, like, I would not take a compliment probably from these, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And not in a disrespectful way, it's just that you know, it's a lot different cooking of what I like to do today, right? So, But at least you knew you could handle the fucking weight. Of and it was the, insane. Uh, it yeah. was like a fucking, honestly, you, <laughs> I don't, I'll, it was like a Krabby Joe's, yeah. like on a wing night, like right. every day though. Yeah, okay. Right, yeah. but it wasn't wing night, right. right? So, and it was just a two-man line, and we'd do like two, three hundred people a day, just the two of us. Oh, so sure. that, like, the yeah, one thing you can yeah, say, yeah, at the very fun. least, like, yeah, maybe you didn't learn the fucking intricacies of fine dining cooking, but you learned how to work the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's super valuable later on. It was yeah. huge because, mm -hmm. it, like, today what we try to push, obviously, right, is that you do quality and quantity. Yeah. As those places, it's just fucking quality. quality right? Right? Quantity. Sorry, quantity. Yeah, yeah. Just pump it out, pump yeah. it out, right? Um, and you do learn that. You definitely do in a place like that. Um, which is good to learn today, right? But um, what really happened was, I remember after that, I moved back here because I got into a course here at Conestoga, and then I started working at Caesar Martini's. Oh yeah, I remember right? that. So everybody yeah. should know, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right by University, University of Waterloo. Right in that plaza yeah. right there, right? Yeah. Uh, Fubar, I think it was around the corner yeah. back then. Yeah. And I remember, actually, I'll give him a shout out because I remember him being a part of my uh, beginning was uh, Mike Bruce. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just started seeing a little bit more elevated. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? More, just more care, more all of that. Um, and then I worked for him for a year while I was in school. And then what really, really changed everything was I went back to Niagara or St. Catharines and I started working at Peller Estates. Yeah, oh, yeah. nice. So Peller Estates Winery just took me from like, I think I'm good to like, I'm back. Like the first day of right. college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. No, I'm nothing. Dude, yeah. I'm back. Well, it's the a whole home. different style of cooking. It was insane. Yeah. You know, you walk through the door at like nine in the morning and you, you smell the bread being mm -hmm. done. You see people making the butters. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Right? And then it's just everything. You smell all the pots of wine just reducing. And it's just, it was insane. And I can still smell that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like some days I still have that smell of like, the wine and, and then the bread. It's just it's it's yeah. crazy to still think about that because that would have been in two thousand and eight. Mm -hmm. So still, what fifteen, sixteen years later? That that's do they I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. And then I worked there. Uh, I did a season, so I think I was there for three or four months. Um, and then it's just well, I got fired. So, <laughs> let's just for straight out, right? Because when you live in St. Catharines, it's a crazy scene. Yeah. Um, and when you work at a place like that, which is as great as it is, you don't show, just don't come. You know what I mean? Right. So it was one of those. So that's what happened there. And then Peller States to this day, I think, is what completely changed my whole view on what food is mm -hmm. and what it should be. And I love it because back then I remember how much he was like, if it's not Canadian, we don't use it. Right. So that whole local uh, thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's huge now. It always has been. 
but it was just more micro, I think, right? And it's grown and grown and it's, grown. It's everywhere now. And it's like, yeah. well, back then, it was like, if you were doing the local farm-to-table shit, that was kind of like set you apart from other places. Yeah. Now, it's almost like everyone's doing yeah. it. Yeah, right? And everyone says they're doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? But, like, really? Well, that's what I think, too. Like, I think uh, there's nine, like... Well, I don't know what the percentage, but let's say 40% of them are saying it, but are they actually doing it? Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, I can tell you, yeah, I use TNJ seafood. I'm using local. But maybe I'm getting fucking mahi-mahi, which is not local at all. But I am using a local guy, right? Right. So it all depends. But, like, then I remember it was, like... It was hardcore, like, you know, butter's made in-house, which you rarely see, you know, and some places do. Um, I remember, like, we were doing that here in Waterloo, but we wouldn't cook with it. It was just more to serve and things, whatever. But it was just the way, like, you know, making ice wine butter and things like that. It just things that... Pretty fucking cool. Blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. At the age of, I think I was, like, 20 or 21. Right? And I'm just, like... So this is the point where you would say, like, your whole perspective on everything changed. Yeah. And, like, now, like, you went... Well, and it's, like, pretty drastic because you're coming from, like, you know, Cisco-bagged food that you're just heating up, yeah. basically, yeah. to, like, now, like, legit chef work. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, too, because they did a phone interview... And, man, the arrogance, right, of being a young guy. And I, I remember on the phone, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good at what I do, you know, on the phone with him. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, man. You know, we do okay, you know. Like, the sous chef was very, like, you know, like, I think you're walking into a shit show, buddy. Yeah. And then uh, I get there. And he was like, okay, Dennis, break down that salmon. Oh, and yeah, right away. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, okay, go upstairs and wipe 300 plates clean for me. Oh, wow. So yeah. that, oh, that. It's interesting. And like, okay, so how do you feel about that style of training someone? Is that like the way to do it? I miss it. Yeah. But it's just unfortunate. Not that it's unfortunate, but you just can't really do that shit anymore. You can. A place like that, I think, right, that thrives and, and, and meets certain criteria, mm. that I don't think has changed. Mm. I really, really don't. Um, I just think now, and I think you've experienced this, is that the lack of people that we can get, we have to kind of tiptoe now. Oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. And that's what's shitty. Like, luckily for me, well, Josh, yeah. like the suit. Yeah. Josh knows my way, but he knows my style, so it's a lot easier, right? And Josh and I have a good relationship where I can leave him there and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. But if you get somebody new to come in and they fuck up, you got to be like, hey, man, please do better next time. I know. As it before, it wasn't that... He's no. trying to be like, get, yeah. get it right next time, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fucking well, so like, You grew up in the same era of the service industry as me, where it's like, I know I'm older than you, but like the but the same style. Mm-hmm. Like back then, it was like, we all know. Anyone who's been in the service industry and was listening to the show knows how it used to be compared to how it is now. And I'm not saying we need to go back to fucking Gordon Ramsay style. No, no. Like, I don't think there's a place for that anymore either. But I do think we have gone too far to the point where you can't say anything to anybody. Like... I feel like I'm almost been boxed into a corner now where I can't even just tell somebody they're doing a shitty job. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and if you do, like, you're taking that massive risk of losing them. Mm-hmm. You so for sure yeah. are now. And we can't afford it because yeah. there's not enough good people. Nope. And, no. they'll, and they'll make a post on social media about how oh, yeah. shitty oh, yeah. people are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone's yeah. in on it. Like, like, no, like, just stop. Just just stop. It's almost not worth it. No, but it's but not. Then think about the position we're being put in, where we're being put in a position where we have to accept lower quality than we uh, than we expect yeah. and because we're afraid of losing people or afraid of that person saying something shitty about us online and it's like what's the trade off is it better to have some disgruntled former employee say something shitty about you or to be having poor quality because your staff is shit so I'd have to say <laughs> if I had the answer yeah. I'd rather have someone say 
something bad. I think so too. Then but it's just the quality of what we you want to give. Right? But then like, you also have to worry about like labor board board complaints oh, now and shit. Yeah. Like, cause they're yeah. all so fucking baby now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the only thing that hasn't changed with me is that like if you're really affecting quality or whatever, yeah, I think the old go. still comes out. Yeah, right. Where go. it's like okay, like I, like I really don't fucking care. like no. Like, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, and just I think that I think that still needs to stay on our industry, right? Because I like I just there's so much Food Network bullshit that yeah. people it's just so watered down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so sad to see how watered down it is. You know, I see the one thing that pisses me off the most is like you know there's a three you know whatever a young kid. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a chef here, I'm a chef there. And it's like, I don't care about the title. That doesn't bother me. But I think to have that title. got to earn it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like, you do got to do the work. And you do. And, you know, and it's more than just how you manage and all that. Like, the only reason I have the title of my position is because, well, I have to orders and, and do schedules. Besides that, I'm just a cook with you. Yeah, yeah. Right? But I hate when I hear a cook just, yeah, I'm a chef. I'm, and it, I don't know yeah. why. It just it bothers yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's just because of the respect I've always shown chefs that I've worked for, that I feel like these guys are so dope. You know what I mean? Like, like they that, that title is something. Like, it's just... It shouldn't be thrown around so casually. No, and, yeah. and you know, people give jobs out there, hiring executive chef, and this is just from a recent situation, right? They're like, yeah, hiring executive chef, but then you get in there, and they're like, no, we want this, this, this. So then you're looking for a fucking kitchen manager. Right, you know what I mean. Like, stop throwing. Okay, so around. tell us what's the, what do you consider the difference between a chef and a kitchen manager? I think a kitchen manager is someone who can run a program really well, like a, like a Krabby's or a, any of those chain ones. Mm-hmm. Right, they're all successful in a way that the upper people make it for them to be like, this is how we want it. Now mm-hmm. you execute it. As I feel like someone who takes more of a role as as either head chef, executive, whatever, has that freedom to create. Right. Right. There's a Menu massive planning and everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Coming in with the recipes, with the menus, with this doesn't work, that doesn't work. Um, that's, I think, the, ma- the, the that's, to me, the biggest difference. And there's no disrespect towards any kitchen manager or whatever. It's just um, a different job. Yeah. yeah. And, and look how successful all these chains are. And there's a reason, right? Yeah. Because the people up above make it foolproof, right? Yes. As for us, we're idiots and we make it harder on ourselves. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all, yeah, right? So, yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. So how would you describe your style of cooking? Because obviously you have the influence of your your background, right? Uh, and then you also have the influence of your training. That's like the hardest question ever. Yeah. Like I don't I don't even know if I have an answer for it. Um, I really really like the French techniques to like prep everything, mm-hmm. right? So there's a certain way that you do kind of that style, but. I won't say that I have any certain like it's it's really hard to say honestly, man. Growing up, I I fucked around so bad. I've had so many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so I've learned so much. So yeah. back then, growing up, yeah, that was bad. But today, I can take it as man. I got to work for so many wicked and shitty chefs, right? Or kitchen managers, whatever they were. Yeah. And I've just been so blessed to be able like, okay, I'm gonna take that From and this. take this yeah, and yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah. Even working at, have I ever worked at a chain? I don't think I have. But, you know what I mean, getting into that point, like, yeah, you know what, I really like how this guy, you know, see or something, whatever. Sure. Um, so it's not that I have a certain style, but I just like to take, just, just, just fucking make food taste good, man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to say a style, like, that's always the tough part, because people ask me that, but because it was almost like, 
I was a foster kid of the industry, weren't yeah. everywhere. Right. I don't have a style where I'll bring influence of Spanish or I'll bring it in from Asian or bring it in from French or Canadian or, or whatever it is, right? Um, so a style, just... But how, okay, so when you're putting that all, like obviously you've had all these influences yeah. and that you've kind of put together into like what makes Chef Dennis Hernandez, right? So like when you're planning a menu at a different place, and I know you do a lot of consulting work now, um, and you also have your own business, H86, which runs out of my business, Argyle. And uh, so that's like a pub style. And like now, that's probably not um, what you ever thought you were going to be doing at this stage <laughs> in your career. But it's like you, it was an opportunity to run your own business. Yeah. And you've also worked in like ultra fine dining, been a head chef at like SMV Uptown, which is like ultra fine dining uh, approach that you brought to that. And then you've had consulting gigs with. Bars and where well, you've done head chef, executive chef stuff in Stratford, you've yeah. done um, consulting work now with like the Foundry yeah. and what uh, Farm League Brewing, like it's all over the place. So, like, I guess where I'm going with this is like, how do you take all of these influences and all of these styles you've learned about and then create a menu specific for the place? Like, what's your approach? So, it would be the demographics, right? That's the main thing to me, right? Is like uh, being impressed in. Right. We've gone back and forth quite a bit about this, Yeah. right? And there has to be a certain price point. The main thing I want to really emphasize is you can prepare food like you're going to charge $50 a plate, mm -hmm. even if you're just doing a fucking fish and chip. Right. You know what I mean? There's no reason that you need to bring in batter already pre-done. You don't have... No, just, just do it all in-house. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'll look at is legitimately the demographics. What area are we in? What are they looking for? Always go through previous sales right because mm -hmm. you got to see like what's their biggest like what sales. was working for them before yeah, yeah right and what can we kind of build on there but the one thing i do no matter what anywhere that i'm at the main thing is just making sure that we're making as much as possible like so for me it'd be making it all in-house as much as we can right we're doing our buns in-house and all mm -hmm. that there now um and even though we're just a pub you can still do that kind of shit right you don't have to yeah, take the quality down just because you're a pug. Like you really don't have to. Well, and I think like one of the challenges that you and I had when we started this thing is we didn't really know what our demographic yeah. was going to be, yeah. right? Like neither. Well, you knew the area better than I did because you were born there, right? Yeah. And your family still lived there. But like we didn't. Like I didn't know it at all, and we didn't know who was going to be coming. Like I thought I could be a pretty fucking rough crowd that was coming there, right? So like when I started with the beers, I was like, oh, let's just get some shitty Molson beer, and right? And then when we found, I think we've sort of come to a level where it's like, well, it's a pub, but we're gonna do it a little bit more elevated, yeah. and your food is more elevated, and now I'm like, well, fuck all that Molson shit, let's just bring some craft, <laughs> good cr local craft beers in, and it's, it turns out it's kind of working, like that's yeah. what people want, right? But we didn't know, nope. right? And it's hard with a new spot. And I think the first menu I put out there was maybe a little too adventurous yeah. for press, yeah, yeah, yeah. but again, we talked about price point, mm -hmm. right? And price point was something, right? And that's where I'm trying to, again, continue, like how can we still do this quality stuff and charge the right price? Right. That's fucking hard. It is hard. That yeah. is so hard right now to charge the right price when everything's so expensive. Everything's so expensive, plus the style that you, um, the, the quality that you want to maintain yeah. takes labor. Yep. Like, yep. so you got to pay fucking people to yep. prep this shit properly. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's more difficult because we started with really nothing, right? Was, we didn't even have a base. Yeah. Right? Other places where I've helped or I've worked, right, They've, there's been something at least to kind of yes. work off of. Yeah. But doing Argyle was a whole different fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where 
you know, it's like, oh shit, man, where do we, which way do we go here? Where do we go here? I fucking, you know, fish and chips forever took me to put on the menu. Yeah, and but, that's probably one of the best moving yeah, things on the right. Menu, but again, but, yeah, we, we but do, you're doing it really well. That's yeah. the thing, right? Like, like, yeah, like the batter obviously in house, and you know, some people I've heard, it's just, I don't think that's a big thing, but maybe it is, and you know, doing like the nice mashed peas instead of your typical, Mm-hmm. What the fuck was on Frozen peas microwaved right in the cup and they just. <laughs> <laughs> right? and we do, we do a nice peas and just keep it simple with some mint and lemon and that's oh, nice. it. Right? Just to keep it refreshing because everything's fucking deep fried. Yeah. So you got to find that. But then we do the truffle remoulade with it too instead yeah. of, you know, a tartar with, you know, gherkins and fucking whatever, whatever. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I think that that's sort of the where we've landed is like, well, we'll stick with sort of a pub-style theme, but just elevate the yeah. concept a little yeah. bit. And I think it's catching on. It's just, we'll just see. The summer's always tough, but like... It's funny, because <laughs> earlier you said, can't wait for the summer to be over. Yeah. I'm so with you. <laughs> but not yeah. in the way of, like, I love summer, but like you said, business is a little bit tough, tough. in summer, right? So I yeah. want summer to be done. Well, the problem is, like, and I'm sure you hear it all the time, too, where people are like, what? Summer? Like, should be awesome. Like, yeah. you got a patio, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. We live in the area of the world where it's shitty weather for so <laughs> much of the year yeah. that when summer finally comes, everybody goes away for yep. the weekend. And, and unfortunately, since the pandemic, all the business is concentrated on the weekend. People aren't going out on weeknights like they used to no. anymore. So then you, you're like, okay, great. I got Friday and Saturday to make all my money. And then people go away on Friday and Saturday because they live in the <laughs> kitchen yeah. of Waterloo and yeah. they're just like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's something else. What are you looking to do with H86? Now, I know you, you when you first reached out to me about potentially you look, knew I was looking for a business partner to work with at the Argyle and you wanted to start your own company. Where do you where are you looking for this to grow in the future? What are you hoping to do? My whole goal, and I think we talked, is just I want to... I want to do our own thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like going Argyle, again, I'm happy we're there. I'm there and everything going on, but we were still restricted. Yeah, yeah. Because of being what it was. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So I'm still not doing what I want, but I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. which is pretty solid, right? So my whole goal with all of this is just, you know, to to sooner than later get to get to my own operation where it is all me. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm busting my ass and doing all these certain things is just because I don't want to borrow any money. Right. I don't want to get in any sort of debt. I don't want to have loans. I don't want anyone being like, hey, man, I put in 10 grand. You fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather, you know, and if not, then someone 50-50. We're like, and, and that's why I love the partnership we have. Yeah. You do you, man. I do me. Yes. We talk once a week about certain things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see you later. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's the whole goal. And to be honest with you, man, like the, the company too is just... Um, I think a lot of things are missing out again, right? About the basics of food, right? Of, of how to, uh, certain things. I'm starting to see that more and more and more. And I think it's just good to be able to get out there and see young cooks, right? And get them ready for the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the job of anybody who runs a kitchen or a whatever is for us to get the young ones ready for, you know what I mean? Like yeah. their, their time moving forward, whether you're running a bar, whether you're running a kitchen, um, as long as we can lead and mentor well, right? I think we can set them up. Yes. And, to come. and what I like, kind of like I'm excited about about what you're doing at the Argyle going forward is that like I feel like it, the whole service industry, the uh, like the restaurant styles, like you know what's been squeezed out since the pandemic is like those sort of middle of the road places. Yeah. They're either the fucking cheap ass like 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 chain style restaurant, yep. like a uh, what's that fucking place uh, that does the 
to try to undercut everybody's price. Oh, oh Chuck's Roadhouse. Chuck's Roadhouse, oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So Chuck's Roadhouse, or you're doing like a ultra high end fine dining, and then it's like the middle of the road places. Yep. But so what I kind of like about what we're doing at Argyle and what you're specifically doing with the food is that. Is that we're trying to do that, so bring back the sort of in between those two yep. things. Like it's not ultra fine dining, nope. but it's not like the crap in a bag, yep. right? Yep. So it's like, so there is a place for that yep. now. And, and I think that I, I really hope that the industry comes back to those places because people need all kinds of different places, man. Like we can't just have fucking shitty fast food or shitty like. Um, like lowest common denominator bars or ultra fine dining. Yeah. There's yeah. got to be another lane. A lot of quick service. In that yeah. 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 Um, but those quick service fuckers killed it during the pandemic. Oh, oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, yeah. did they ever, right? Yeah. Like, just I remember just seeing how it going, it was just insane. But what you said too, right? I, I kind of think that they're, yeah, we bringing back that whole middle spot for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's like my goal is that our place is for everybody. It is, right? yeah. Whether, yeah. you know what I mean, you're, you're a suit and tie guy or you're just right. fucking like me, shorts and sandals, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like and, and I love it too because the menu and on its own, like, man, like, you want to come in and have fish and chips and nachos? Well, we have that. Yes. You know, we have the tuna ceviche with a burrata or yeah. whatever, or we have, you know, so there's always a bunch of different options on ours. Um, and I think that's where we're doing well and that's why I'm excited to hear that you're bringing in all the craft now, right? Yeah, and, well, and like, that's the thing, like you just didn't know at the beginning, but now yeah. now that we've sort of kind of figured, I think I was very concerned at the beginning that we needed to keep the crowd that was already coming there because that was like, well, now we've got a base crowd that knows about the yeah. place, and but they didn't really come back, so no matter what we did, yeah. so now it's just kind of like the idea is, well, let's just create our own new crowd yep. there, and yep. like we're doing it, we're doing a different, like the Argyle is still the Argyle, but we, we're but we're doing it a little bit differently, and, and we've been there now three months, right? Yeah. So I think that best thing is now. I wouldn't, we were still new, but mm -hmm. I think people now have come to expect what we're gonna do. Right. Right, which is kind of a nice feeling, because, you know, at the beginning, like you said, man, they're like, opening restaurants fucking suck. Yeah. It really does, yeah. right? Like, this isn't the first one I've opened, but it's the first one I've been a part of like this. Right. So it's a lot different where, um, it's just reading out the crowd, man. I never thought it'd be so much. It's a, it's really hard. It's, it's fucking, and it's scary, man. It's like, you, you go through these periods where it's like, holy fuck. How am I making no money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it is hard, but it's like you get to the point where, you, like, I've done it enough times now that I I know I'm like, if we just stick to what, if we just figure out what we need yeah. to do and then stick to that, then the people will come. Yep. And but every time I do it, I still have the stress and the panic. I just have a little bit less every time because I'm like, <laughs> you start to gain confidence in the, the fact that you know what the fuck you're doing, right? And like you've obviously been parts of opening a bunch of yep. different restaurants, but never for yourself. Yeah, no. Right, so it, the stress is a different level. It's <laughs> fucking worse. It's so much worse, right? Because it's all on me on this end. Mm. But it's also that satisfaction, right, of knowing that uh, yeah. people are content coming, right? That, that's... Well, and there's a level of satisfaction and like pride of like owning your own shit too, right? Like it's not this like this. It's way more stressful than working for somebody else, but it's way more satisfying. Yeah. I find that's how I find yep. find it. But yeah, um, do you what? Do you see any new trends in cooking coming down, or have we kind of seen everything that's been done and it's just tweaking it? There's new trends always coming out. What like right now? What I've noticed is huge is molds. 
Okay. Moles are coming yeah. out, like moles, like garnishing moles, or you know what I mean? Like there's these mole brothers. Um, molds are just coming out. They're they're fucking insane. It's like a lattice and shit, and then you build on oh, that. It's just getting insane, right? So molds Instagram worthy. That's right. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. Well, the so, same shit happens with cocktails. Like, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Like all the all the uh, new trend is just to make it look really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing too. I've noticed is just. You know, I see some platings and they're gorgeous, but then they put a mold on top of it and it's like, yo, like you just covered that plating. Right. Right. So why would you take all that time to make it look beautiful, then put a mold on top and then build on that mold? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, again, there's nothing against it, right? That's just what people do. It's just, that is the biggest thing I've seen. What else is going out there, man? Like, this is an aside. How important do you find plating is? Plating's massive. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Um, especially because of Instagram. Right. right? Social media is really. It's insane to see people put this food and it looks fucking awesome. It really does. But like, how do you even know it tastes good? You know what I mean? Right. Plating is a huge thing today. So more important than ever. Because uh, of Instagram and social I, media. I believe so, yeah. It makes sense yeah. when you think about yeah. it, right? Because like, uh, fuck, man. First, yeah. first thing you see when food comes to you, right? Your eyes. And, and also, the second thing you see is somebody taking their phone out and taking <laughs> yeah. a fucking picture yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. I can't go out to dinner with my wife without her taking a picture of everything <laughs> everything on the table yeah. before I'm allowed to touch yeah. it. So. And, <laughs> yeah, no, plating is massive. It, it really is because, like you said, right, that's what comes to the table. That's, And you want people to take photos. Yeah, yeah, first, well, it's good for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want sure. them to share. You yeah. want all that, sure, right? So yeah, it's sight, smell, taste, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, but also it's it's free promotion for you. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like plating has definitely the level has gotten crazier. Yeah, right? with all the gastronomy shit, using powders and using you know what I mean, agar agar, whatever is whatever it is that you're using. Um, it's just your like, food has just gone so fucking scientific. It's insane. And the exact same thing that's happened with cocktails. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm starting to wonder if it's if we're gonna come back around to the point where it's like people are just gonna start going back to the classics now because we've done almost everything there is to fucking do, right? And that's, that's what where, I worry about. Right? And that's where I try to go with right is just bringing it back to more simplicity than mm-hmm. anything, right? Um, yeah, I like using you know certain things like that. I'm not a big molecular kind of guy. Um, you know what I mean? You don't see my kitchen with. Tapioca, no, you don't. Beakers and Bunsen burners and stuff. Like, like, you know, all we have in ours is probably soy less than we have fucking agar agar. Yeah. And that's that's all we really have. One is just to more create air, and the other one is just to create little, just more, just the way that your puree turns out. So, like, your style is more traditional. 100%. So, back to the question you asked me, there you go. There you go. So, I like doing more of the classic shit, it's just bringing it up with a little bit of a twist, or. That's what I like to do. You know, and, and that's all I can really do. Like, it's not, we're not. We're not, you know, reinventing really. We're really not. Everything's, you know. Everything, um, well, I'm saying it, we've gotten to the point where everything's been fucking done already. Yep. And, like, this constant push to, like, when I was doing this tour in Chicago, just drinking all these cocktails, I went to some places that they just fucking killed it. Like, I was mentioning my man JP at Kobo, but, like, the. Um, but also, like, I went to a, another cocktail bar and it was just like. It was just fucking masturbatory, like what they were doing with the cocktails, you know? Like just like putting a million different garnishes on it, 17 different ingredients, and it's just like at the end of it, it's just like, it's just, there's nothing to this. Like, but at the same time, too, is I think here in Waterloo Region, like, are we ready for it? Mm. You know what I mean? Going to a place like Chicago is a whole different scene. Sure. Right? So here in Waterloo, like, are we ready for, you know what I mean? Is it going to be appreciated as it would in a city like Chicago or not? And that's what the tough part, I think, in the city is where we want to take it as high as we can and do everything, but then it's just like, are the people really ready to have that experience? 
fuck, right? man. Where, uh, like, how many times have you and I even just talked about how frustrated I get in this this region that we live in? That it's just like it's so difficult to introduce a new idea. Yeah. Like, it's just so hard. Like, yeah. people are just always pushing back about anything new, and they just don't get it. And if it's not like something that they they're used to, then they don't want any part of it. Like, or people will talk shit, and then you see them doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what's fucking frustrating yeah. too. Yeah, that's yeah. what's really annoying, right? Is for people, and you see that all the time too. And Again, there's nothing wrong with doing someone else's idea. There's, sure. What's wrong with there's nothing. That's, we all steal. That's, that's all we do. Yeah. Just do your own thing. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean? there's no creative exercise ever that someone hasn't built on the back of somebody else. Yeah. Like we yeah. all like you want to talk about music or art or like literature, everything yep. is all like somebody taking taking an idea that somebody else had and expanding on it or making it their own. Right. Like that's how we do it. <laughs> and that's all we will continue to do. Right. Yeah. Like. If you think about who's been around for five, forever, yeah, right, and even all the like the OGs of food, right, what they created, and then, yeah, I mean that's it's it's frustrating in that end, right, where, yeah, people are just I think I think that's where our industry is going wrong as well is like some fucking people are doing 13, 14, 15 components per dish. I taste fucking three out of those thirteen. Uh, that and I settle down. Yeah, so, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, that same thing happens in cocktails. I see it all the time. I had, so I even in Chicago. There was like a cocktail that had like fourteen different ingredients, and I could taste three of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? What was the rest? Of, what was the yeah. point of the rest of this yeah. shit? And you, know, you know what it was? So it looked good on your fucking menu. Yeah, yeah. And that's me, right? Like, oh fucking, you know, yeah. And then the worst thing too is, it's just you know, you have fifteen components, but then you only put three on the menu, right? Yeah. So just fucking use those three. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. My my philosophy too is, I like to be more prep heavy, hmm. right? So when I execute, I'd rather have the you know, four or five components on the dish, mm-hmm. but there's maybe, if it makes sense, like 15 ingredients in there. I don't know if that makes sense or not, because, you know, when you make a sauce, it's not just like one or two things. Okay. Right? There's a bunch of things in right. that sauce. But the sauce is just described as the sauce on the yeah. menu. Yeah, right? But instead of putting 16 things on here, and you're just like, fuck, I don't taste 16 things, right. you're just better off, I think, to put it into one thing and then put that as the one thing on the dish, but it has a ton of ingredients. Like, mm-hmm. when we were doing the crab porridge, right, the, the shrimp paste has, I think, about 11 ingredients. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting those 11 ingredients on the dish, right, just put it into one thing and then make it prep heavy. And then when you execute, it's just, here's your sauce right. with 11 things in that sauce. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's what I learned to do now because people are fucking impatient when they eat too. Yes. You know, they come in and they want to eat, but they want, you know, a five course and they want it in an hour because they have to leave at seven, but they showed up at fucking 6.15. Yeah. And you're just like, yo, what the fuck? And they're like, where's my food? And it's like, you know what? Like, it didn't take us 10 minutes to make this food. Right. So don't expect it in 10 minutes either, right? Like, and that's where, yeah. And I think that, that that's where it goes to the front of the house to set expectations for your guests. Like, and just be like, you. Just, I honestly feel like, if you're just honest with people up front, most, like, 90%, you're going to get 10% dicks no matter what. Yep. But, like, the 90% of people, if you just set their expectations or just honest with them up front, they're going to be cool. Like, if you say, like, holy fuck, we're really busy tonight, <laughs> it might take a little time. Yep. If you're in a hurry, you might want to come back on a different night when we're a little slower, whatever, yep. right? Or come back when you have more time to just whatever. Um if you say that to them right up front, nine times out of ten they're going to be good because yeah. then at least you've been honest with them, yeah. right? And the worst thing for these people is if they sit down expecting to get in and out in an hour and it takes two hours, well, now they're pissed, yeah. right? Like, uh, what do you think about this fucking trend with the keyboard warriors who um, come in, don't say shit about anything, and then go home and type a bad review? <laughs> uh, 
where would we be without them? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's so funny. And, and if they're listening, <laughs> stop just it. fucking tell us. Stop it. Well, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. we can fucking do once you've left. That's right. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, just fucking, hey, I didn't like it. I promise you, for me, my feelings won't get hurt. No. You know what I mean? I've learned in my industry as well that a lot of it is preference. Yes. You may not like how this, you know, matched with this or this, whatever. Yeah. And it's all good. Let me fix it before you fucking leave. That's right. Because when you leave... I can't and, do anything. Well, yeah. and then you write that. And again... And it's it's damaging to us because people, unfortunately, do take those. And you and I had a conversation about this a few weeks ago where people, unfortunately, look at these reviews yeah. and take them seriously. And I was saying to you, it's like, yeah, but these people are fucking cowards. Like, if they just, <laughs> yeah. fuck, if they just fucking <laughs> said yeah. something to you yeah. while you were there, you could do something yeah. about it. Instead, they choose to leave and leave, type a shitty review, which legitimately affects a small business. Yeah. And we're not fucking... Like, if... Uh, Anyone out there who thinks who's listening to this and is not in the industry and thinks that small business owners are rolling in dough, <laughs> you're, living, yeah. you're living in a fantasy yeah. world. Like we struggle our asses off. Like my life is a roller coaster of what month am I in, like, <laughs> and, and and whether I can afford to pay myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So some months are great and I'm flush, and other months I'm flat yeah. broke. Yeah, and I own three fucking businesses. <laughs> so yeah. it's, a, it's like. And so when you type these fucking shitty reviews into Reddit or TripAdvisor or Google or whatever the fuck it is, without even giving the business a chance yep. to correct the situation yep. there. And the other thing is, like like you said, it's preference. Like, just because you didn't like it does not mean it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the worst thing, too, is, like, you know, at least educate yourself before you talk shit about a place, too. Yes. You know, like, sometimes, and we've had this, right, but yep. they're, they're like, holy shit. This, this thing was this amount of money. It's way too... Well, listen, first of all, I don't bring in... Let's say Caesar salad, for example. Yeah. I don't bring in the fucking dressing. You know what I mean? We, we make it... We, we do it all there. Yeah. Right? The only thing I don't do is fucking grow the lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, like, you know, this is why I have to... Char I have to pay somebody to do this and have to pay someone to do that. And then when you own a business, there's other expenses that now come into it. That's right. Where you're like, fuck, man, you know, like, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, right now, that expense fucking killed me. Yeah. Right? So it's just like, <laughs> shit, that Caesar's now 20. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then that's the thing, too. It's just, it's the education. And I think... In our industry, I think that's where front of the house also can lack too, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, where I think they need to educate the people if they're not expecting a different dining experience that's than what right. we're trying to give them. It, uh, and it all goes back to setting expectations. That's the best thing we can do. Yep. But we just need if we set if we fuck up, fine. But like if we've set your expectations, if we've given good service, if we've given you quality product to eat and drink, then. And, like, don't do not do that thing yeah. where you just leave and leave a shit review. Yeah. And don't, don't fucking tell us that it was a great day. You had a great night. Yeah. Everything was amazing. And then you fucking say all the shit, right? Yeah. That happens, I think, more than it needs to happen. And it's not hard. Um, you know, maybe we can throw our emails out. But if you have a problem, just yeah. email us. And that's let right. us know, hey. No chance. It leads to confrontation. Well, I won't say her name out loud because I don't know if she'd want to be outed, but we had a woman come into Argyle <laughs> who actually did that. She emailed me directly and said, look, here was an issue I had, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, that was clearly our mistake. Well, let me correct it for you. Yeah. Come in. I'm going to uh, do this, this, and this for you. And... And she didn't leave us a shitty review online. I'm like, that is how you fucking yeah. do it. Because yeah. if you do that, believe us, we will 
try and correct it. We don't want you to have yep. a bad experience. That's the last thing we want. And like, the thing too is like, I think some people, maybe this is just the way I am, but I'm like super sensitive to those fucking comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, Where yeah. if they are like, oh man, that thing tasted like shit. The next day I'm in there right a fucking way. Okay, I'm making this dish. What is it that's not right about it, right? Then I'm overthinking and like, like that is the processes that I go through. Now, if you make a remark and you're just like, oh, my mid-rare was medium, I'm not fucking reading that. Yeah. Right? But if you put something in there, like something was too salty, then yeah. I have to. I think it's my job to evaluate that thing and sure. be like, man, maybe was we it? did do it. Yeah. And then you're like, it wasn't. No. Right? And then you're just pissed off because you're like, well, anyway. Yeah. Think about our mental health here, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best way to put it, right? Yeah, no, that's so true. But that, that's all, man. Just, you know, if they're listening, just, just let us know while you're there because we will, I guarantee you, we will do everything that we can to make it right. That's right. A hundred percent, right? So. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Dennis. This was super fun to talk to you about your career and, like, sort of vent about the industry a little bit, but uh, people should come check out the Argyle Arms where H86 is killing it with food. We're trying to do a great job at the front of the house, live music and good craft beer for you. So come check us out, Preston, Ontario. Uh, and thanks again, Dennis. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, man.